Hey everyone, it's Amy Sherman from MLive and Michigan's Best, and I'm excited to bring a new story to you about an interesting new brewery that's about to open in Grand Rapids that's going to serve a special kind of beer that you really can't find anywhere else. So I'd like to welcome Sebastian and Jessica from Nick's Brewing in Grand Rapids to Michigan's Best Podcast. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, well, thank Amy, you. how are you? So Nick's Brewing, I got a, a press release from my friend Steph, and she was all jazzed up about it because you guys are going to be hey, the first... Brewery Nicks, sorry. Thank you for clarifying that. Brewery Nicks. Um, you guys are about to open the first gluten-free brewery in Michigan, correct? Correct. Yes. So, Jessica, tell me all about this. And then, Sebastian, you're going to tell me how you can actually make gluten-free beer, okay? <laughs> because I think people are always very, they're, they're wondrous about it, right? right. Like, how does this, actu this chemical reaction actually happen? So, first of all, Jessica, how did you come up with this idea? Why were you interested in it? And what is your background in the brewing industry? Um, so I am from Grand Rapids and, um, I've been gluten-free for about 10 years now. And when I became gluten-free, I was, or right before I was gluten-free, I was a big Founders fan. Um, and then I couldn't drink it anymore. So I switched to wines and ciders, um, which, you know, nothing's the same as beer, but it was, that was all that was available here. Um, and then about six years ago, I moved out to Oregon um, and I started working in the wine industry, so I don't I don't yet have beer industry experience, but that's where um, that's where my craft beverage experience comes from. And um, when I was out there working in the wine industry, I discovered that there were a handful of gluten free breweries out there. They were dedicated gluten free, and they tasted like real beer, which was amazing. Um, and so I. I was a patron to a couple of them and became friends with one of the brewers out there and just kind of got my wheels spinning because I knew we were going to move back to Grand Rapids soon. Um, and when we came back here, I discovered that there were still really no or very limited options um, for gluten-free beer here. And I wasn't really okay with that. So I figured, why not? Somebody's got to do it. That's a big leap from going, I'd like to drink a gluten-free beer to opening a whole brewery. Yeah, so in the when I worked in the wine industry, I helped start up wineries. I worked for a couple, um, for well, I worked for one major startup that was a big luxury brand that I joined um, as they were breaking ground, so under construction and all that. Um, and then I helped with some smaller private labels, um, get getting up and running. And then I worked um, for a couple years. I was the CFO for Both Rare, which is a well-established luxury brand, um, and so I have business experience. So, and running a brewery is a business at, at the end of yes. the day. But what <laughs> you decided to do, Jessica, was to, to bring in Sebastian to, to be your brewer. Yes. And so we're again, we're going to talk to you in a second. You have a sure. lot of brewing experience, but I do want to mention to everybody that right now we're recording at the brewery, which. I'll put pictures up online at mlive.com and you'll be amazed to see what the brewery looks like <laughs> at this point because we're like surrounded by a big pile of dirt with a lot of holes in the floor. Um, but that's part of getting it all together and laying the pipes and, and doing all that. So you guys are definitely at that huge construction stage right now, Jessica. Absolutely. It's, it's a little disconcerting um, every once in a while when you walk in here and you, it's kind of become part of the scenery, but when you like look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, this is our space, like... I hope I don't break a leg falling into a trench. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, and your your goal here um, at Brewery Nix is to have 
a small tasting room, but really you're going to be focusing more on the distribution side of things. Is that correct? Um, so we're doing, we are doing some distribution, but we, um, for, we're going to have a few SKUs um, going through wholesale. And then um, we would really like customers to come here to pick up their orders for offsite consumption. So we're going to be packaging all of our product. Um, we'll have small batches available for people to pick up here um, and then that they can take home and you know. So along, kind of along the lines of how speciation did it, in that sense. You know, that's what I've heard. <laughs> right, because um, Sebastian's nodding, so yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I have heard that. They're like, oh, you got that from speciation. And um, I mean, I've been gone for four years. I think they probably opened while I was gone, and I've been gluten-free for 10 years. So I unfortunately haven't been able to be a part of the beer scene locally. So Well, um, you're about to get in it heavy-handed. <laughs> yes, yes. So Sebastian, um, you're going to be the head brewer here. So tell us a little bit about your vision for the the beers uh, and the brewery itself. So this is a this is a culmination of uh, for me of 18 years of brewing professionally and not professionally. So I was a home brewer forever and I I've been a professional brewer now for the better part of 5 years. Uh, so this is really like the dream come true, right? Um, you know, breaking ground, building something from the ground up and doing it very differently. You know, it's awesome to be, so a, friend of, a friend of ours has actually said that, you know, it's really awesome to be the small fish, in, you know, in, in founder's shadow. So what we're looking to do here is create beers that are on par. You know, we're trying to compete from a quality and, and standpoint and offer something to people who either used to go to Founders or Mitten or Vivant or wherever, and now just can't, right? And, and for people who have never been able to, but have always come to Beer City and been like, oh, well, that's cool. I'll have a cider. I'll I have guess. a cider. <laughs> Don't even mention seltzer. What kind of wine <laughs> do you have? You know? So we're trying, we're, our goal is to provide that beer and provide that level quality of beer for that is gluten-free now gluten-free I myself included gluten-free has a terrible name okay you're um, not personally gluten-free I am not personally gluten-free but I yeah, am making yet. I am I am making my way there uh, you know I can only hold my breath for so many seconds when I lean over to tie my shoes in the morning so I think <laughs> that to me means that I probably need to just stop eating a half a loaf of bread a day uh, in my beer so <clears throat> there so we're trying to make beer that is beer, right? We're not gluten reduced. We're not, you know, we're not shaving it with sorghum. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're taking real material, raw material like millet, like uh, like buckwheat, like corn, like rice, and we are processing it as minimal. And I, by processing it, I very specifically mean mashing it. I don't mean like adding a whole whack of chemicals to it trying to retain their own original flavors and present them in a manner that is complementary that creates a beer, right? Are so, you malting these whole grains in we, the sense that we normally would with yes, barley? Everything is the same right up to the point where it is just not barley. Gotcha. It's not barley, it's not wheat, it's not rye, it's not triticale, it's not spelt, okay? But they are being treated in the same way come off the field, they get dried, and then they get malted, and then they get milled here, or they will be milled here, mm -hmm. and then mashed and brewed into a beer. Now, from a technical standpoint, the process of brewing with 
these cereal grains is very different, but the outcome is the same, right? You're still making porridge in a big pot and you're still filtering that porridge water off of that pot, boiling it for 60 to 90 to 120 minutes and adding hops along the way, and then putting it in a tank and adding yeast and et voila, beer, right? Right, right. So, so it's almost like you're brewing with um, ancient grains, exactly. like in a sense. Has it been hard to source these materials? Because, I mean, I haven't heard of anyone who's malting quinoa, but maybe, I mean, you guys obviously have found people that are doing things like this. We, there are a couple of maltsters in the West that specialize in gluten-free grains. Okay. Um, there's some other things under wraps right now, but there are a couple of maltsters out West that very specifically cater to the gluten-free industry. The thing with the gluten-free industry specifically, though, and, and one of the one of our positions is that it is actually almost three times as expensive, four times as expensive to brew gluten-free than it is to brew regular barley wine mm -hmm. or barley beer, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So we are we are maybe a little bit more pricey, but the quality of our ingredients is also significantly higher, right? So. There are a few. There's more coming online every year, but it is, you know, it's, there's no good example that's nationally distributed. So it's not, it's not like people are chopping at the bit to plant hundreds of acres of whatever to mm -hmm. make, you know, to make this beer. And, you know, as an example in Beer City USA, nobody's said, well, you know, I've had a really great gluten-free beer, so let's just open a gluten-free brewery or let's make gluten-free beer because there's... Nobody wants it, quote unquote. And because it's it, easy. And because it's easy. It's significantly <laughs> right. harder to brew a gluten-free beer than it is to, to brew a gluten-full beer, as we call it here. Well, and your guys' goal is not to just appeal to people who are gluten-free. You want to just appeal to beer drinkers in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What I want people to do when they come here, the naysayers or otherwise, when they come here and they ask for an IPA, that they get an IPA, that if they didn't know any better or they... Just somebody grabbed them a beer and they drank it. They would say, huh. That's a good beer. That's a good beer. Well, I was exactly. just going to ask you, what are we drinking right now? Because we are sampling a beer right now, and this yeah. is a damn good beer. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is one of our trial batches for our double IPA. It, uh, you know, it's got the standard, the, the, I call it the West Michigan standard. So it's got some mosaic. It's got some, you know, it's got some Eldorado. It's got some Bravo. It's got some Citra in it, maybe. I mean, there's, you know, there's... The, 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 the standards, as it were. And what's the grain bill on, the, on this particular beer? This is primarily um, rice and maybe a little bit of millet. Yeah. And it might change because and it's it your might prototype. <laughs> exactly. It's our prototype. I mean, we're shooting, you know, one of the things that I've experienced when drinking other people's gluten-free beer as we're trialing this process out is there's there's an overall lack of body and mouthfeel. So mm -hmm. when you when you don't have all these complex dextrins to create body and mouthfeel because they're not in the, the material, you have to find other ways. So that's kind of what we're working through now is, is figuring out how to create that same mouthfeel without bringing along all of the health issues. Right. So what, what might do that besides something like lactose? There's any, honestly, there is any number of different methods.
happens to each Sounds like you're keeping it a secret. I am. <laughs> I am very much so keeping yes. it a secret. I was going to say, this seems like such a new thing in the brewing industry. Like, is this something that you might consider copywriting your recipes or your technique or your formula or your, I mean, maybe not copywriting, but definitely keeping it a secret. There are definitely some secrets that will be. Yes. Okay, there I will not pry anymore. No, that's okay. There are some things that. You can always that, ask. We yeah. just might Oh, and I won't be asking. No. And I'm, I'll ask you off the record. <laughs> I'm just curious. Out of my own home brewing, you know, like, what would you do? I don't know what I would use, right, type of thing. So I'm sure it's so much, so much trial and error. And right now you're kind of experimenting, I'm assuming, on a very small scale. Uh, I have a half barrel system. Okay. And what are you guys expecting to get here at the brewery when, when things are set up? What kind of system? We're putting in, um, I actually just finished, I designed a 10-barrel system that's being fabricated right now. Very nice. So it's got some It's got some things that you don't see in guys our size. You know, it's got some process portions that are very unique to gluten-free grains. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's very exciting. It's all being fabricated right now. It should be shipping from China sometime in the next weeks sweet uh so hopefully we'll have all the door all of the floors sealed up when they arrive <laughs> don't look around right now jessica I know, right? <laughs> hopefully we'll have everything sealed up and and created and and sealed and awesome by the time it gets here um but yeah so we have a we're expecting a 10 barrel a 10 barrel brew house i'm building a canning line in the back um so we're gonna be you know by the time the doors open, we'll be rocking and rolling, and you'll be able to come in, and you know we'll have eight beers on tap. I think that's what we're shooting for right now to start is to have eight beers on tap, and it'll be either two or three seasonals and four or five standards. Gotcha. Uh, so our opening lineup is going to have, you know, off the record, I've never liked pastry stouts. On the record, we're going to have you know uh, a lager, an IPA, some sort of session, and a pastry brown. Okay. And I say brown specifically because getting those deep, dark colors in a, in a gluten-free beer are not impossible. They are just extremely difficult. So Well, you like a good challenge. I, here we are. <laughs> and, and to be clear, are you guys partners in the brewery? Or yes. you? Oh, you are. I'm sorry. I misspoke then earlier when I just called you the head brewer. That's not okay. just the head brewer. But, so you guys are partners in the Yes. Brewery. Okay. Sebastian is the head brewer, but he is also a partner in this venture. Got you. So, Jessica, tell me... Um, a little bit about the location where you guys chose. You're in a kind of an industrial part of Grand Rapids. You're not located necessarily downtown or in a neighborhood, but you're very nearby. Right. Why did you choose this spot? Oh, that's a great question. Because it was available? I mean, that's part of the answer, right? That was a really was the right big price. part of it the answer. Available. I mean, you can see... Um, we had, there's a lot of work that had to be done to the space. So it was the right price, you know, it was mm-hmm. available. It's it's a great amount of space. A lot of the other places that um, that we were looking at before was like two to 3,000 square feet, and we were there's just... no way you could have done this. Yeah. I and mean, what is this, about 10,000? 8,500 okay. is the total size. Yeah. And it was just, you know, people, the stories that you hear is that you never get a space big enough when you start a brewery. Like, everybody starts small because... They're a startup, and then, and then they grow out of it really quickly. And we didn't want to be in that kind of situation. I mean, nobody wants to be in that situation. And we were just yeah. lucky enough to find a, a great spot and a great location for the right price. And you know, we're not really we're not right downtown. We're not on a main thoroughfare. You know, we're in a little cul-de-sac. Um, but I think that's okay. It has okay. on-street parking. Yeah, it has plenty of on-street parking. Um, it's close close to the highway. You know, easy easy on and off. Um, 
and and it's okay that we're not on a main thoroughfare because we're a destination location. Yeah. yeah um, if we were just a if we were a regular brewery, then probably not ideal. <laughs> but you're not. But, yeah. yeah. I think I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the big to to piggyback on that, the big thing that we talked about was being able to get on and off the highway. We wanted to make sure because we were trying to focus as much beer out of here in, in package as possible. We wanted to make sure that we had people who are going to come from Lansing or Detroit or wherever. We don't they, want it to be a challenge. We don't want it to be a challenge for them to get the beer. And, you know, there is some, there is discussion about distribution. Would we like to be in, you know, in 13 Myers in the greater, greater Grand Rapids area? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not, that's not where we are right now. And I don't, you know, we don't necessarily foresee that for the first at least six months. Right. So having people come and establish. But after that, game on. Yeah, after that, we better. Let's just, let's just open the doors and I got my see eye how on. things go. Well, speaking of that, Jessica, when do you think that uh, Brewery Nix is going to be opening? Um, that's a great question. Um, Whatever been... you tell me, I'll just add three months on to that. Yeah. So oh, no, been... please don't. I mean, conservatively speaking, I'm sorry, Jess. <laughs> well, we've been, I mean, we've been, We've kind of been shooting for this like mid June date. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be super happy um, if we could get some of our product into our customers' hands before the Fourth of July. Perfect. Yeah, and and, and we'll I know see. the look on your face because I know exactly <laughs> how the brewing industry works. And I will say, because we're not building a kitchen, we're not building a not, massive tasting room. You you're know, good. we don't have to do any of that permitting yeah. stuff. We we just we're literally a production brewery with a very small tasting room and that's how we're licensed and that's our plan so you know we're we're waiting on we're waiting on permitting we're waiting on licensing and we're waiting on the equipment everything else has fallen into place and uh, you know when all that stuff shows up it'll be you know bob's your uncle ready to go ready i know look at these guys just come in well we're at the end of the podcast jessica where can people get all the information that they need about brewery next and maybe follow along with your progress and stuff like that so right now our website um on our website we have a landing page where um where they can sign up they can put their emails in and we'll keep people up to date we're going to be turning our facebook page um on pretty soon In like the next couple of days, if not hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And it, we should say it's Brewery Nix N-Y-X. N-Y-X, correct. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on this edition of Michigan's Best Podcast. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Follow along at mlive.com. Mm. Okay. <laughs> now you guys can chat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to go. I'm like, <laughs> mm, Rio. Rio. <laughs>